1: We are joined here on Saturday Morning by Mowers Club by Cody K, Fox League reporter. Cody, one week out from uh, round one of the NRL season, things are, are getting really exciting.
0: <laughs> Good morning, boys. Yeah, they certainly are. i tell you what, it's it a short off season because of the World Cup. It's, um, I'm unusually pumped this time of year. It usually means that I'm going to spend the next six months chasing a whole bunch of league blokes around the, uh, around the joint, but I'm pumped for it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be. I, I think the sentiment around uh, the NRL look. There's been a little bit going on with the uh, the players' association and the NRL trying to get that deal done. But uh, the the, uh, the excitement, the, the the revamped pre-season competition with the trials, um, having all of those uh, televised, seems to have uh, got the fans uh, ready for uh, the, the 2023 season.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't even that long ago that you really had to actually work pretty hard to even find the trial game being televised and you'd sort of get little bits of it cut up. So I think they've done a really good job, Fox um, League, televising more because it does actually get you pretty excited. I know they're only trials, but I think the thing that people get really into is watching all the young blokes coming through that might become superstars over the next couple of seasons and the fringe guys that maybe weren't really in the picture. Um and then you know they go like there's a couple of bikes at Manly that had absolute blinders during the trial, but have probably gone and forced their way into the top 17. So I think there's a lot of value in it. And um, you know, I mean, yeah, we're a country that loves our sport, so the more you give us, the more we will watch. Uh,
2: Cody, the Dolphins, mate. Now I've got them. Tip to run last on by, ten wins though. By, by the ten, way, okay. yeah, <laughs> they're, they're going to win, a if slow they win start, ten games. They're going to run start. Last. Don't listen to these blokes. <laughs> listen to me very carefully. My question is very important. No, I'm just kidding. What are your thoughts on? There's some talk around Katoa and Milford. Um, you've been watching all the games pre-season. Do you think Milford's uh, in danger of starting? Do you think Bennett will start with uh, uh, Sullivan and Katoa in the halves this year, or do you think Milford will be given a crack at the top? Uh, and given a couple I of think weeks? He'll
0: go, yeah, I think he'll go Sullivan and Milford, to be honest. And one thing we know about Wayne is he's fiercely loyal. Yep. Um, and I think he probably... If, one, if there's one one area that the Dolphins probably are lacking, it's a little bit of experience in, in the halves. So I think just for that reason, Milford's probably going to get a start. But how long he's able to hold on to it, I don't know, because that and Katola, they got massive wraps on him. And uh, I know Penrith were reluctant to see him go, but... Um, such as the nature when you've got, you know, you've got to upgrade a bunch of a bunch of guys. And look, Sean O'Sullivan as well is going to be a really good footy player. He's a really good game manager. Um, the, the, the issue they're going to have is just the inexperience of having to lead a footy team around um, week in, week out. But I mean, like like any half, you don't really, you know, you sort of until you've played about fifty, hundred games. That's really when you sort of start to come into your straps. So, I think they'll. One thing they've done really well is. Around those young guys with uh hard edge experience forward, so I don't think they will run last to be honest i think that's I don't think they're going to play semifinals, but you know I can see them sort of finishing around that nine to twelve mark. I think there are a few other clubs to be honest like the dragons they're in all sorts I can see them running last yeah, so yeah Katie, like, was, you know they've done well with the forward pack.
1: Yeah, let's talk to uh, about the Dragons there. If you if you're running a book, if you're a betting agency, you've got a market for the first coach uh, under the gun. Uh, Hook is is the man there. Uh, the Dragons, <laughs> what what's been going on down there? It, it's been and the thing that this gets trotted around in in sport a lot. They're such a proud club, but sooner or later there needs to be something done about it. You can't just hang your hat on uh, successes of of past boards and past coaches and past. You need to sort of uh, put a line in the sand, and, and you know, what we are, what we stand for as a club now. We can't just be we're a proud club because at the moment they're uh, they're the whipping boys of, of the media, and everyone has got them uh, massively under the pump.
0: Yeah, they didn't do I any mean, they didn't do themselves any favours um, in Magi, did they? Going out and getting on the drink. I mean, I know there's only two of them, Ravelar and Zane Mudgey, but I mean, Zane Mudgrove hasn't even played a game for the club yet, so. Mm. That's a fairly bad start. I I don't know. I mean, look, they've got some really impressive young juniors coming through, and I'm just not sure they've been nurtured um, in the right way. Like, young Cyril Sloan's going to be a a really good fullback, and you saw him in tears after his first trial game. Like, I mean, if he's under that much pressure in a first trial game, I'm not necessarily sure he's been managed all that well. Like, he's going to be a really good footy player. These guys take a little while to develop. Um, They're not going to be... Experienced first traders, but I, I just—I'm not entirely sure what the direction is um, down at the Dragons. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see where they fall. And like, if Hook can't get results out of them um, early on in the season, then I think you're right—you um, would be odds-on to be the first one to go. And I hate talking about it. You're talking about somebody's yeah, livelihood no, and all the rest of it. But um, at the end of the day, that's the NRL. It's—if um, you're not getting results, and it is a results-driven business, we see coaches get funded all the time. There's usually three or four that go. So. Um, I think probably as a club, they, they really are under pressure. And um, there's, I mean, the Illawarra, Illawarra has got one of the biggest junior bases in the competition. So um, they should be absolutely flying but they just haven't been being able to work it out for one reason or another.
1: Round one, obviously next week coming up. Dane Gagai looks likely to miss round one. Uh, you've been around the clubs this week. You're down in Melbourne. Um, is there any big names that sort of, you know, looking at team lists coming out early next week, uh, are there any big names that are are likely to miss round one with injury?
0: I think there are a few. I mean, the one that sort of surprised me last week was, uh, I mean, everyone had been talking that Ryan Pappenhouse initially might have been round one. And then it sort of got pushed back to round five or six. And um, I actually bumped into him last week and uh, and asked him. And um, And you injured him. You bumped into him and you injured him. (laughs) I bumped into him and I injured him. He said that he... Middle of the year. So I think that's, um, that's a real blow for Melbourne. Look, they, they need Ryan Pappenhausen on the field. I know Nick Meaney's a pretty handy replacement, but um, he's no Ryan Pappenhausen. You know, and I say that respectfully, but that's yeah. because Ryan Pappenhausen's such a good footy player. So given the experience that Melbourne has lost, um, you know, the Bromwich boys have gone, Brandon Smith's gone, Felice Capusi's gone that spine needs to um, absolutely fire. And the, and the fact that, you know, I think the other concern they're probably going to have around Ryan Tappenhausen, like that, that fractured knee, fractured in 13 places. So even when he does get back and running, which he's not doing yet, I think there's a real concern about how much speed he's actually going to have when he does return. So I think that's probably one of the, one of the storylines at, at the moment is um, if you're talking about injuries, it, it's going to be a t- And then of course there's Taylor May, the, the um, Panthers winger, he did his ACL in the trials. Mm. I mean, you, know, you- it's the first time in five years that a regular Panthers first grader has done an ACL. Like, I mean, you need luck to to win premierships, and Henry um, has certainly had plenty of it over the last couple of years. What
2: do you What do you think of of Matty Johns's calls about this third man in uh, with the tackling that Taylor May mm. situation? What, what What's your expert opinion? I hate on, it. On, yeah, okay. And how do they get around yeah, I hate then? It. I mean,
0: well, the, the ruling is supposed to be that that third man can't come in with any force. And so I don't mind if the third man comes in and just brings a player to the ground. But Ignatius um, Parsley, the bloke that hit Taylor May, is an absolute unit. I don't know how much he weighed, probably around 120. And if you come in and you hit someone's side on the knees, um, you're going to do, you know, there's every chance you're going to uh, cause yeah. a pretty bad injury. Do an, as an ACL. ACL <laughs> as, yeah. as, you, as you blokes know, a lot of the time you don't come back from them the same way. So... You're out for at least a year. Um, I think they've got to stamp it out. They've got to go really hard. If players do it this year, I think there's got to be some pretty serious consequences for it. And They've got to get really clear. Around. If there is a third man coming in, they're coming in low. It's got to be to complete the tackle, and it can't be one of those driving tackles you see. I mean, it's, to be honest, I think it's a bit of a dog shot. Um, mm. And I think they've really got to get it out of the game because when you see people do that, I mean, again, you're talking about players' livelihoods. It's a player that's really pushing for a a spot and they might only be on a one-year contract and all of a sudden they're out of the game for a year, then, um, you know, there, there's no guarantees they come back. So mm. I hate it and I think that's a really good example of why they've got to get it stamped out of the game.
1: Yep. Amen. Yeah. Injuries is one of the biggest things. You spoke earlier there, Cody, about you don't want you – know, talking about people losing their jobs. Injuries is the other one. Like being able to report on injuries, you get a scoop. But you're still – Old oh, mate's out for, for a long time. Another thing that, look, it, it's quite easy to report on, and I'm sure as a reporter you love it, but uh, Dom Young early re- looking for an early, early release to the Roosters. Herbie Farmware signed with the Dolphins. These player movements so far out. Um, do you, obviously, as a reporter, it, it's good stories. It, it's great to report on. But is there, is there a way that the NRL can make this less of a dog's breakfast?
0: Oh, look, I think they've got to work out something, don't they? I mean, because at the end of the day, if you're a Knights fan, and let's be honest, you're a long-suffering Knights fan, because, I mean, they just struggle for success. And, like, Dom Young's an absolute weapon, and any team would love to have him. And the fact that now you're going to watch this guy tear it up knowing that he's only there for a year, it's a very bittersweet feeling. Mm. Um, Newcastle probably... um, look. the Roosters have got such stuff out, don't they? But it is a bad look for the game, and, and, and it's been going on for years and years. And I mean, I mean, imagine the situation right now if Mitch Moses goes and signs for the Tigers, and he plays out he plays out the season at Parramatta. Like, I mean, that's great for the Tigers; they'd be sitting there going, "New beauty." But gee, it's a tough one for Parramatta fans who've been waiting 38 years to win a premiership mm. to watch the bloke that's supposed to deliver it, um, knowing full well that he's, been, he's not going to be there next year. So there's always been talk about a trade window. I don't know what it looks mm. like. It gets revisited constantly. Um, you go back to the, I think it was the, the mid-90s when Terry Hill um, got drafted, I think, from West to the Roosters or, or might have been the other way around. And um, he took him to the Supreme Court yeah, and um, won of on the restriction of trade. So, oh, look, smarter minds than, than mine haven't been able to work it out. So I don't know what the answer to it is, but you'd have to think. I mean, there are plenty of other codes to do it. So there are blueprints and models out there. I don't know why the NRL struggled with it uh, so much. But, yeah, it's a really bad look, isn't it, when... Yeah, you know, a player still running. And look, I think you know there's a lot of talk up at Newcastle that if they could get a, a player swap, that um, that they might be happy to let him go. But at the end of the day, as well, like it's a results-driven business, as we were saying before. And John Young scored, I think, 21 tr- or 14 tries in 20 odd games for Newcastle, a team that really didn't score a lot of tries last year. So you take him out of that team, and uh, they lose a lot of strikes. So they'd be a little bit torn. Uh, I'm sure they want to keep him in that system for as long as they can, but. Then again, if you've got a player that maybe doesn't want to be there, um, are you best just to cut ties and move on? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a bad look, though, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is a bad look. And, and for a competition and, and, and for clubs that are looking for memberships and, and young supporters that um, – a young kid that Dom Young's his favourite player and you've got to work tell him that, oh, he's not going to be there next year. How does, mm. how does a young NRL fan wrap his head or her head around that? Katie, you we spoke a little bit before. You've been around to all the clubs. What club's giving you the best vibe? The yeah. playing group. Who do you think who's is going to surprise us this gonna year? Who's going to surprise? Who's got the best best vibe around them at the moment?
0: <laughs> I'm going to give myself up here. that. Um, look, I'm a Manly fan, and everyone's looking past them. And if Tommy stays fit, there's some young young players in that club. I, I think they'll be one of the surprise fakers this year. I think the Tigers will will move up a little bit, but. Um, I think the top eight's not going to change a whole lot, to be completely honest with you. I mean, every every team at this stage of the year thinks they can win a premiership, but you've got to ask who falls out of the top eight. Maybe the Raiders fall out, but I think the top eight will stay kind of the same. I do think that if the Bunnies can't get across the line this year... Um, yeah, they never oh, will. I mean, they've made five consecutive preliminary finals. They don't have a premiership to show for it. It goes to show how hard it is to win a... Mm. to win a premiership but I was speaking to some of those boys like Cody Walker and Cam Murray last week and they were all really candid about it and said look as good as the success is it really doesn't mean anything if we can't get across the line we can't actually make it count for something then it's going to haunt us in, in years to come so I think the Rabbitohs are absolutely fine And they, they really haven't they haven't signed anyone but they haven't lost anyone either so that's an incredibly experienced squad I think the Rabbitohs will probably be pretty hard to beat and the Roosters look you know, I think Brandon Smith makes them um a more dangerous squad. Probably the question I got over the Roosters is how much more can they get out of Jared Ria Like that bloke's been in the well so many times and it's been such a warrior. I don't know how much more they can squeeze out of him. Um so look there's I don't think there's gonna be a whole lot of change at the top, but um I'm getting on my Seagulls, I think they squeeze into the 8
2: well, I'm backing you as well. I think Seabold, you know, is a good coach. Mm, same and in. has yeah, I think they've yeah, got Fitzgibbon the signed an extension. Before, yeah. Um, who do you reckon's the, been the best signing? I mean, we talked last year, and it doesn't have to be a new player off the radar. You know, everyone thought Chad Townsend, he was the yep. worst signing of all yep. time. Do you think maybe someone like <laughs> a Kieran Foran could have that same effect up north? Sam Verils. Uh Sammy Verrills, yeah. Who, who do you think will surprise us, uh, a, a player? Name a player for I us that's, that's going to shoot the I lights think, out. Uh,
0: I think Kieran Foran's a really good shout, actually, to be honest. I mean, like, people... I feel sorry for the like, because people still ask him about his body. And he played like almost yeah. 30 games, including the World Cup last year. So He's fit. Um, the, he, he's real fit. Uh, he's got his body back in great neck. And the, the one area that the Titans really struggled in was experience in there and the halves. And Sammy beryl has got great service out of um, out of dummy halves. I mean, we know that Poz has won premierships and he's a great leader. So I think he's a really astute guy. And, and to be honest, that's credit to Justin Holbrook because he was sort of hammered for... Um, putting all his faith in those um, young halves last year, and he realised that, okay, we had a bit of a hole there. And I mean, Kieran Foran's a great get, and if he can, just, you know, stay on the field for as long as he did last year at Manly, then I think the Titans are actually a really big improve as well. So, uh, you probably nailed it on the head there with Kieran Foran. And, you know, I mean, look, sometimes it's a player that can just drive culture, like, the signings that Craig Fitzgibbon made with um, Dale Finucan and um, Nico Hines were just mm. absolute genius. Like, mm-hmm. Dale is one of the great off-field leaders and Nico Hines is one of the great workers and they're really great human beings. So you can build... You can turn a club around pretty quickly if you get... I mean, you guys know that. If you get the right people in and everyone buys in, you've got a couple of leaders and everyone wants to follow them and they set the tone, then things can change pretty quickly. There's probably no greater example than that of what um, Cronulla were able to do with a couple of their buys.
1: Yep, great. That could be the game. Cody K from Fox League. Enjoy your last weekend. Enjoy the weekend off, mate, because uh, the NRL season is fast (laughs) approaching. Hopefully plenty of good stories, plenty of good things to come out of the league season for this year, and we'll talk to you uh, throughout the season.
0: No worries, boys. Have a good one.